Hey babe, are you overwhelmed and burnt out by never ending to-do lists, constantly giving your time to others and feeling out of balance in your personal life? And are you ready to get absolute clarity on your life's purpose and activate the best version of you? Then it's time to ignite that inner fire and rediscover the fierce, confident woman you are born to be. Welcome to The Beam Life, where myself and other guests empower you to take steps toward the life you want so you can truly be everything and more. I'm Caitlin, your empowerment coach, new bestie, and lover of all things leopard print. It's time to get this party started, y'all. Hey, babe, welcome to this week's episode of the Beam Life Podcast. It happens to be the first podcast of 2023, and I was contemplating, do I do a solo episode or bring on a guest? And you know what? With it being the new year, I know that a super popular topic is mind and body transformation. So of course, what do I do is bring you an expert in mind and body transformation. This week is a very special guest. Her name is Amber Shaw. She is so much fun. Her energy is incredible. And she truly specializes in helping women over 40 rediscover their confidence. And I know that this audience and community in the Beam Life ranges from 20 to 60 plus. So if you don't fall into that over 40 category, please stay tuned because there is so much still for you in this episode. You know, I'm not over 40 myself, and um, although I'm getting close, and I found so much value in this because, you know, If I had known this information in my 20s, things would have looked really different for me now. So no matter where you are in the age spectrum, I know you're going to love this week's guest. So let me tell you a little bit about Amber. As I mentioned, she is a mind and body transformation expert and founder of the Wellness Revolution, a leading global movement for thousands of women over 40, empowering them to rediscover their confidence and create a lifestyle that is effortless effortless and sustainable. As a motivational speaker, philanthropist, and internationally recognized authority in the health and wellness industry, Amber coaches women all across the world on achieving sustainable weight loss without dieting their way through life. Her insights have been featured in numerous media outlets like NBC, Fox, CBS, and Ask Us Beauty, where she regularly contributes as the resident health and fitness expert. Amber is a sought-after speaker who has taken the stage at several health and wellness events. She also shares her expertise on her highly rated bi-weekly podcast, The Wellness Revolution, which has featured noteworthy guests like Gabby Bernstein, Anthony Trucks, Julie Sullivan, and Dr. Jade Tita. Amber's mission is to help millions of women worldwide heal their relationship with food and themselves while empowering them to transform their lives, love their bodies, and create lasting results. Please help me to welcome Amber as we talk about how to heal from the inside out. 
Hey, Amber girl, how are you? Girl, hey, I'm so glad to be here. I was like, can I just, can you be my curiosity peaking intro for like all of my marketing <laughs> stuff? I was like, yes, okay, I love it. Yes, girl, it's so good to be here. Oh my gosh, I am just really looking forward to our conversation. Ever since we did our pre-call, I'm like, why is this so far away? I'm ready to like dive into this. So here we are. Tell listeners a little bit you know, about who you are in present day. And, and then we'll dive into all the juicy stuff about how you got here. Yes, I would love to. So I am a mind and body transformation expert, and I work with women over 40 um, to teach sustainable weight loss. So, uh, you know, so many women over 40 really, really struggle um, with their weight. And a lot of it has to do with just years and years of dieting and our bodies changing and our hormones shifting. And so um, I really just felt a calling to, to speak to women, to my people in my demographic, um, who are really sick and tired of listening to coaches in their twenties and thirties, who just really might not get it when it comes to kind of what's going on with their bodies. So, so I, I guide women through that mind and body transformation because they go hand in hand when it comes to sustainable weight loss. Absolutely. And coming from a health and wellness fitness background myself, I couldn't agree with you more about the mindset piece. And, you know, I've gone through my own massive weight loss transformation of 90 pounds. And there was a point in my life where I lost it. And then I started to creep back, but what kept me like, then, you know, realizing I need to go back was that mindset piece. So what you're doing is like pretty specific. And, you know, like you said, you decided you're not just going to do this massive blanketed health and wellness thing. You're very targeted for women over 40. How did this journey really start for you? And how did you arrive here? Oh Lord. It's like how much time <laughs> you got. Uh, you know, I love always sharing my story because I think like, so for so many uh, people in the transformational space, it's just such like a windy road. And so I will just say that, um, for me, even just this, this like profession, exactly what I'm doing today was a definite windy road. I mean, I had an 18 year, very lucrative sales career. Um, and so, uh, leading up to this, um, but just to give you a little background, I mean, and why I feel so passionate in helping women with sustainable weight loss and really just becoming their best, you know, fucking selves is because, uh, yeah, right. Is because I, uh, from the age of about 10 years old, I mean, I grew up with this feeling that I, um, was supposed to be in a different body, meaning, mm -hmm. um, I was always, um, a little bit bigger, not overweight, but I was like, I was tall. I was very developed for my age. And I had, I was surrounded by female family members that, um, were constantly picking apart their bodies, constantly talking about diets and, um, you know, making comments on my body. And so from a very young age, I just realized that, th that the body that I was in was not good enough. And mm. then, and what I didn't realize is that that set the tone for a theme that has really haunted me throughout my life, which is I'm not good enough. 
right? I, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough, but it started with my body. Um, and so this just really progressed throughout my life. At 15, I started my very first calorie restricted diet. Uh, I didn't even know what a calorie was. I just knew that I was not supposed to eat a lot of them. Um, so here I was an athlete and going to Subway eating a veggie sub because that uh. was the lowest. Yeah. Right. Cause it was the lowest amount of calories. And it was just, it was garbage, but I didn't know any better. And to be honest, my mom is the freaking best. I love my mom. But at that time, you know, I'm 43 at that time, like people didn't know any better. This is just what we talked about. Women talked about diet culture all the time. That's just how it was. Right. So progressing into my twenties, um, I did develop an eating disorder. Um, I was bulimic and, um, this was really just such a, in fact, I was just talking about this on another podcast. This is really just a, a symptom. Bulimia was a symptom of what was going on with me. Um, and, and it really had so much to do with me, my perfectionist personality and me um, really tying my self-worth to having the perfect body. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if I had the perfect body, then I was okay. Then I would be wanted. I would be liked. I would be all those things, right? And this was just a, a theme. I, I, fortunately I was able to get help in my twenties. I was very lucky to get the, to get therapy, to actually stop the physical act of uh, bulimia. So that that didn't progress to anything medically super serious. Um, but I realized later in life that I never really healed. I never really healed the mental part of it. I never really right. healed the wounds within. Um, I didn't get to the root cause. I healed the symptom. That's what I did. Sure. I the, yeah. So I spent the rest of my twenties and my thirties, um, just really kind of living, bouncing from one diet to the next, constantly chasing my weight, always striving to, to be uh, way less look different than I was. Right. And so this really kind of got worse when I had, when I got pregnant with both my kids, I gained about 65, 70 pounds, uh, with both kids. And, uh, I was preeclampsic and it's really because I used those nine months as like an all out binge session. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, I was like game on like, yeah, like, you know, double piece of cheesecake. Yes, please. I'm in. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm pregnant. It's yeah. cool. And Eating for month- two. Sure. Yeah. I was really eating for like six, but that's fine. That's no problem. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was just really kind of, I was like out of control a little bit in that regard. And when, after I got, you know, after I had the bait, both kids, um, I like kind of went back to my old ways. And I found that since I was a little bit older, like the weight wasn't coming off. And so I had to like go to more extreme ways to drop the weight. And I did drop the weight quick, but I mean, I, it was really unhealthy. I mean, it was like, Mm. it was very unhealthy and fast forward to, um, me approaching my 40th birthday and I'm in the middle of kind of a a life crisis. My marriage is on the brink of divorce. I'm uh, that's crumbling before me. Um, I'm really unsatisfied in my job. Again, I, I have, I had a great job as a very successful sales job, but it was, was not uh, fulfilling to me at all. I knew in my gut that I was meant for more. I just didn't know what that was. And so what really kind of started this like spiritual journey for me and really this like spiritual awakening for me was, was, was my marriage falling apart and turning 40. And so I started asking myself a lot of hard questions. And one of the big questions was, is why meaning Mm. like, why not from a bitter place, but why, like, why am I going through all of this? Meaning like, what's, what's the purpose 
right? Like what, how do, and I immediately, and that's just the way my mind goes is how can I immediately start turning this pain into purpose? And what does that look like? And I knew, I just felt, I felt it that there was a reason why I was going through this, why I was doing all of this inner work, all of this healing. And I knew that it was almost like, I can't describe it, but it was almost like my human duty to Mm. be able to share this with other women, maybe women who haven't, you know, had to go down their own spiritual awakening, maybe women who haven't had to really ask those hard questions, or maybe some that didn't have the resources to do so, whatever that looks like. It was like, I just knew that I was going through all of these changes, uh, this, this work in order to, to share it with people. So yeah. anyways, kind of to bring it all home and how I became decided to, to switch careers and become a coach. I, for my 40th birthday, I decided to, I was supposed to go like the year before, before all this was happening, I was going to go with my girlfriends and go to freaking, you know, like go to Mexico and, uh, you know, have like a blowout 40th. Well, fast forward to my 40th and all this is going on in my life. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't having it. I wanted, I Mm. took a, took a yoga trip instead, did a yoga retreat. And I just spent a lot of like introspective time and just really, time connected with myself. And my intention of going on that trip was to, to ask the question to, to God, like, what, what, what am I, what's my next move here? What's my next move? And I walked away from that trip and it it actually came and it came to me. uh, I was meditating on the beach and I was just like, really, really, you know, just thinking and praying and meditating. And literally it just hit me. It was like such an inner knowing it hit me the word coach. Mm. And I was like, and, and when I think when, when something, and it, you know, if you are, if you're spiritual or whether or not you're spiritual or not, like when you get that inner knowing, like you just know, and I just knew, and I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be a coach. And, and that's where kind of where it started. And I just, I came back to Atlanta and I immediately, cause I'm a doer, I immediately, yeah. uh, and enrolled in an integrative, um, nutrition program. And I just started this journey of figuring out what does this look like? Um, and yeah. that's, that's the way it and went. And here we are. And then here we are, girl, you know, it's like, gosh, there's so many parallels in our story. I mean, going back from when you were young, I, same thing, I was in Weight Watchers at 12 and God love my mom, but she's five eleven and like always thin has always dieted her whole life. And by dieted, I mean, like just not eaten. And, <laughs> you know, and I just was like, I can't do that. Like I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And, um, you know, so she brings me to Weight Watchers in a sense of like, I don't know how to help you. You know, I know that you're frustrated that you don't look like your quote unquote skinny friends. Cause I was developing, I was becoming like, you know, with curves and looking Dang. more like a woman. Yes. And so yeah, there was, there was that pain there, of course, growing up. And I realized how painful that was for me and having a daughter, even this morning, it's so crazy. I was like thinking about our podcast because my daughter found some belts in her closet. Okay. I bought these when she was four, she's almost six. So they grow. So she goes to put the belt on today and it wouldn't close. Well, it's because it's made for a four-year-old and that was two years ago. Starts bawling, crying. And it like triggered in her. She was like, my tummy's too big and like all this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you are six. Like how it starts that young, right? Like it's that young, like so ingrained and so programmed. And as much as I like condone body positivity in our house and 
it doesn't help with all the images that we see. Maybe something, somebody at school says something, or this is how you should look. And it's just almost, um, like what you, what, what really has to happen is that deep sense of self-worth that no matter what image you see, who is talking to you, you know, whatever you're told, quote unquote, beautiful is, you know what your own version of that is. And I think that's the only way to combat these things as, you know, this next generation comes up, we can't, the only way to help them is to have them have that complete sense of, of worthiness. So I love that that's really where your mission lies and also has such a strong tie to your personal story about through all of those struggles, being able to kind of come back home and trust yourself in that, in that inner knowing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny I was, you know, it's such a, such a hard thing. I have an 11 year old daughter. And so I, I totally understand that that was so much of my like, um, motivation to really kind of get heal myself too. And like, get this in check for myself. Cause I was like, I don't want to pass this on for my daughter. And I think one of the things too, that's really helped the kind of the narrative in our house as well is yes, I love what you're saying about really leaning into the self-worth and, and from a young age, um, you know, instilling that. And I also think for me, what's been helpful is leaning into the messaging about the importance of just being healthy, healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like healthy. And I talk too a lot about being strong, about mm -hmm. being fit and being strong. Um, and so, you know, I think that that, especially for the little girls and I don't want to, I think sometimes we can always, we, we talk about the little girls, but I've, I've done a few podcasts recently where I've talked to male coaches who share a lot about their issues with body image and all of that. And so the boys feel it too. They just don't talk. Totally. About yeah. Totally. Like they just don't talk about it like we do, but I think that that kind of that healthy message and really, and this is sort of something I'm even trying to change the narrative for even with adult women, which is listen, when you can focus on being healthy and making choices from a standpoint of, I want to be healthy. Weight loss is the byproduct. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's just like, that's what happens. It's a slower yes. process. It is a slower process, but it's what it, number one, it's more sustainable, but it absolutely is the broad product. We've got it so screwed up, but that's what diet culture teaches us. So, yeah. In our pre-call you talked to, and you kind of shared a little bit in your story before feeling like more security in your life and where you're at now, you know, you were placing your joy in the power of other things and other people. And you talked to me a little bit about kind of outsourcing your joy, because I feel, I feel really strongly about that. Cause there are times in my life where I wasn't joyful. So I would look for other things to fill that for me. So tell me a little bit more about your experience with like outsourcing your joy and some of the ways that you missed out on being able to experience things by when you were doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the biggest thing is it was really like outsourcing my joy a thousand percent to the way I looked always. It was mm -hmm. outsourcing. I, so the way, and, and it really even started in the very more the early morning of outsourcing my, my joy to the scale, right? Oh Be yeah. Because I would let the scale, whatever the scale said, it would dictate how I was going to feel about myself that day. 
So you talk about a total joy stealer. I mean, the scale can do it every time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would either, it was like, I, if I, you know, it was going to go a couple, you know, like one of two ways, either I was going to step on the scale and I was going to feel like really proud of myself and like, you know, feel good. And that would allow me to feel joy or I would step on the scale and if it didn't like move the way I wanted it to, then I would immediately go, my knee jerk reaction was almost go into like punishment mode. What I would immediately Mm. start thinking about, like, what did I do yesterday? And like, you know, that messed me up and how can I restrict today in order to make up from yesterday? And just such unhealthy behaviors associated that. But at the end of the day, it like robbed, (laughs) robbed my joy. You know, another thing too, is that I think that, and I've, you know, I've done a lot of self-work on this as well, but I think that there were a lot of times too, because I was so wrapped up, uh, and like the way that I looked that it created also a level of a social anxiety for me. Mm. And so even though I'm a total extrovert, I found that a lot of times in order for me to like get out of my head and stop thinking about being so self-conscious of the way I looked, I would like just down a bunch of alcohol, right? Cause that would like, that would numb it out for me. And then I could be present because I wasn't so self-conscious about the way I looked. Totally. Right. Like, and so, uh, you know, I, there was just a lot of things where, um, you know, I can even remember being married and being like, so again, like when I was so like worried about the way I looked, I mean, it would take me like an hour to try on 75 different things in my closet. And then I was so talking about what I missed out on. I mean, like, it, it's not like I missed out on date nights with my husband, but it was like, it just like set the tone for like, yeah. I'm frustrated. Right. So I think I just missed out on a lot of, I, I think I just missed out on a lot of moments in my life to just feel okay. And to be okay with myself and to be present. Let me say that. And to be present because when you're so, I think like body obsessed or self-conscious or worried about the way that you look, it can totally take away from the present moment and like what's going on in the moment. I was talking to a client the other day and she was like, you know, I don't even want to go to the restaurant because I'm worried that everybody is like judging me for the way that I look. Um, which opened up a whole other conversation that yeah. I'll say, because I said to her, well, is that, is that true? Or is that the story you've created? So like, what, what's, yeah. Like, is that the story you've created in your head? And what we got to is that is the story that she created in her head because of things that she went through as a childhood. I, I mean, in her childhood and all that stuff. So anyway, just to kind of answer your original question, it's absolutely, I think it just really kind of robbed me from um, being present uh, and a lot of like really, you know, awesome moments. Yeah. I so get that. Cause we only have so much energy in a day, right? Like right. we wake up here's and, and on some days we don't even have a full battery in the morning. Right. And so on a good day, you have a full battery and it's like, where are you going to give that attention? Cause everything we do is you're draining a little draining a little. Right. So if we already start off our day, like you said, on the scale, which, you know, you can go into more detail if you want to on why that's not even a full picture sometimes. Um, that's like, that's like a very like sliver of the equation, but then we judge our complete self-worthiness on that. And I love how you went and you said punishment mode. I think so many listeners are like, Oh God. Yes. I so resonate with that because 
I'm like in trouble with myself, right? Yes. If we if we gain weight and like, what is that fucking shit all about? I don't even know. Yes. It's, it's so, we're so mean. Like, what about like our, I always, when I was in this space more um, in my journey, I would ask clients like, so if your friend weighed in in front of you today and gained 0.1 pounds, would you be like, you lazy bitch, Seriously. you're terrible. <laughs> I know it. I mean, and it really is true. I mean, when, and when we say it out loud, it's kind of laughable, but it really is so true. What if your daughter got on the scale, right? Would you be like, Oh girl, you're, you're, you're only eating one meal today. Good luck mm -hmm. with that. Like it's, it's wild. It's so, so wild. I know. And I mean, this is why, like, I, I like, I don't weigh myself anymore and I don't, and I find great freedom in that. Um, oh, so liberating, right? It is. Cause here's the real truth. And this is like what I want. If you're listening to this and you are somebody that's like addicted to the scale, I want to just like give a little perspective for you, right? Like, you know, the thing is, is that if you are somebody, chances are, I mean, I don't know you, but this is what, but the chances are, this may be true about you is that if you are somebody that's so in tune with this, like addicted to the scale, getting on it every day, multiple times a day, you are probably very in tune with the bot, with the way you look naked in the mirror, right? You are probably very in tune. You can tell from day to day, if you're walking around with a little extra, a little extra weight or not. Yep. Right. So also when you go to put your clothes on, right, like any weight worth even like even discussing, like you would be able to tell whether or not you're like gaining weight when you go to put your clothes on. Cause I gotta be honest with you, a three up, like up to an eight pound weight, that's like maintenance up to eight pounds. Right. Your, your weight can fluctuate literally up to like eight pounds and it can be normal. And it has nothing to do with gaining body fat. Yes. And so it's like, you can, so, so why do we torture ourselves over a half a pound, one pound, like that can mentally send you into a tailspin. And if you lived like almost in ignorance and never got on the scale going from your day to day, you would never be able to even tell if your body like ch changed by a pound. Right. So yes. it's like, it's, we really need to go by more. And I'm not saying like some people may argue then, well, I get on the scale because I want to know if what I'm doing is working and I want to know blah, blah, blah. Okay. But then go for a more um, accurate way of measuring like body fat, right. Or like mm -hmm. your progress and even, you know, maybe take measurements, take pictures. If you want to do like the, the body fat analysis, you can do that. But the weight, the scale is so volatile that you could get on the scale and it could be up two pounds and it have zero, zero to do with what you're doing with you, like with your, like gaining of body fat has yes. everything to do with maybe you didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe you ate more like sodium yesterday, more, you know, starchy carbs yesterday. You're holding on to a little bit more, you know, your glycogen storage has shifted. And then what happens though, is that you get on the scale on, you know, whatever your weigh in day is, or maybe it's every day and you automatically think, oh, well, it's my diet. Now this isn't working and mm -hmm. I need to do something else. And that's 1000% what keeps women going from one diet to the next going fall, you know, jumping all from one thing to the next. So yes, I'm like, God, put the damn scale away, put it away, put it away. We, it's like, I was thinking today, I'm like on this podcast, we're not burning bras today. We're just going to burn no, scales we're just today. Burning scales. That's exactly right. God, <laughs> I swear. I mean, if I could literally, there is, yeah, exactly. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, obviously if the doctor, you know, if you're going to the, you know, the, 
the doctor's office and they're trying to like monitor whether or not you're at a healthier weight or like whatever that looks like. Okay, fine. But like on the day to day, kind of like those, like those types of measurements, it's, it's, it's does way more harm than good. Yeah. And I know we're going to get into it too, on what are some different indicators of health that people could look at other than scale weight, because I think that, you know, I'll give my two cents when we get there, but I think it's so much more, uh, more than just a number. Right. And so, you know, what I think is interesting, we've talked about it a couple of times, any woman, I would say over the age of 30, even probably even 20, but I'll say 30 has probably experimented with multiple diets, Mm -hmm. um, has been exposed to it, has tried it, um, has thought about it. So we all know, like, what to do. I would say like in general, if you were just to ask the common folk on the street, how do you lose weight? I would say most people would be like, eat healthy and move your body. Like that would probably be a generic answer. Like we all kind of know that. Sure. So it's like, why do we then go and try all of these fad extreme things? Cause really actually that is what it is. It's moving your body and eating well, right? That's actually what it is. We all know that. So why a, don't we do the thing that we know we need to do and we try all these other things? And then why do we give up on the thing that does work? Like what has been like, why do we do that? Tell us like, what is, oh my gosh. I love, yeah, I love this question so much. And I think it's so important to address this. So one of the biggest reasons I think why we just keep like, you know, we keep going from one to the next is because guess what? Just like eating your fruits and vegetables and getting protein and moving your body. Like that's not sexy. That's not sexy. That doesn't (laughs) like, that doesn't, that that's not going to work fast enough. And we are in a culture and diet culture has created this, but we are in a, give it to me now. I want results. Now people want the magic pill. Mm -hmm. People don't want to, um, you know, for the most part. Now I will say women come to me when women come to me over the age of 40, they're to the point now where they're like, okay, girl, I'm done. Like I'm ready. Like I know it's going to take longer, but I'm ready. Cause I can't do another diet. Right. So yes. I would say that's the biggest thing is we want quick fixes, right? We want, we want quick fixes, but as we all know with the quick fix diet, the weight comes back. It absolutely mm-hmm. comes back. And here's, here's a lot of the reasons, a couple of the reasons why number one, First reason is because a lot of the times what we're doing in these quick fix diets, it's not sustainable for real life. Okay. So as soon as we go back to real life, we go back to even just our, uh, you know, just trying to be, live like a normal person, do the vacations, go to the birthday parties, celebrate the weddings, like just enjoy life. Like diets don't fit into that. So of course the weight comes back. Right. So like, there's the first part. The second part is even if you lost the weight in a little bit more of a healthier way, sometimes, and well, not sometimes, most of the time when we get going in diets, people make the mistake because we go right for the nutrition. We go right for the fitness, right? And that's what we focus on. We do nothing to work on our mindset, on our mm. habits, on our emotions, right? So for instance, somebody who's like, oh, I know I, I, know I weigh overeat. Well, that's a symptom of like, something else that's going on. Right. Preach girl. Yeah. So it's like, we've got to back it up. Like if you, you know, losing weight can be easy and and hear me on this. Like any, like, if you're listening to this, you're like, wait a minute, no, it's hard. It's hard. No, no, no. Hear me out. You could not eat for three days and lose some weight. Losing weight can be easy. Maintenance is hard as hell. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you want it, yeah, if you want to maintain it, you want it to be sustainable, then you have to build that foundation, that lifestyle, those habits. You have to assume the identity of the person you want to be in the future now so that when you become her in the future, it's second nature. It's your lifestyle. It's who you are. So good. And so then, and so then now that person will stick, right? And now you won't be going back and forth and going, you know, on and off the wagon and up and down the roller coaster because you've already, you don't need to lose the weight to be healthy. You be healthy now and then the weight comes off. That's how that works. Yeah. Oh, so good. I was like, back it up, rewind, yes, replay, <laughs> right? You know, that little circle on the podcast that's got like the 15 second wheel, <laughs> back it up twice, replay that. Listen, that was, that was some mic drop right there because, uh, I, I literally, you know, and, and honestly, even if you're not struggling, let's say with the weight loss, what Amber just said applies to your whole life, right? Like it can apply to anything that you're trying to do starting a business, right? You can't just get to the end, you won't have a sustainable business. If you don't learn all the steps on how to keep track of your finances, how to be a good leader, how to show up consistently, right? Those are all habits. So getting in a right mindset and building those habits are truly what's going to help you be successful in all facets of your life. And I'm such a believer in like how you do anything is how you pretty much do everything. Yes. And I notice like when I'm in lazy patterns with my personal health and wellness, which is not often, but did happen. You know, I caught myself in COVID drinking more than I should staying up too late. You know, we, we all went through it, but where I started to see that was, Oh, this is leaking into my business. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is leaking into my relationships. Ooh, this is leaking into how I'm being a mom, right? Because it was that mentality of, I'm just going to let it kind of fall apart. And so not in all cases, but in most cases, how we are showing up. And if we start to change that, I think in our wellness journey, that is going to just amplify everything else around you. Do you agree with that? Oh, 1000%. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things I want to say too, about like just showing up is, you know, one of the things I think that's really, really important and really starting to, when we talk about establishing those habits, right? Those, those micro shifts in your everyday that will eventually become second nature that will eventually, you will eventually embody the identity of that, your future self, of your higher self, Mm -hmm. that person you're trying to be. And one of the things I think that's been really powerful for me too, is sometimes not relying on my present day feelings, meaning thinking from a place of what would my future self do? Right. Like what, what would my future self do? Well, my future self probably would not pour a fourth glass of wine and she'd put her ass to bed. Okay. Like that's what my future self, that my higher self, that's what she would do. Or, you know, I think, you know, talking about like exercise, right. What would my future self do? Well, you know, yes, I know you're feeling tired or whatever. Uh, and, and let me, let me back it up on this. What I'll say is that 
There's a difference. I'm not by any means, like by any means saying like, never listen to your body. If you didn't get any sleep last night, if you're sick or whatever, like go work out. Like, no, you, you know, damn well, when you're making excuses, like get real, like, you know, when you're making excuses and you know, when there's something real going on. Right. So don't, don't fool yourself. Okay. In those moments where you're making excuses, you know, your, your feelings on the day to day can waver. Right. So you can't rely necessarily on your feelings. It's, and I have that. I say this to my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, you know, today's one of these days where I just can't get my feelings. I just know what I got to do. And I just got to keep my head down and do it. Yeah. Right? Like I just, I don't have time to get in my feelings today. Like this is what has to be done. And I'm just going to one thing after the another. And I think as an entrepreneur too, and you know, this as well, like that's sometimes some days you just got to show up and do that. And that's for everybody in life though. Some days you just got to yes. show up and, and do it. Yeah. If we all rated, you know, for the right time or when we felt good, we wouldn't, no one would yeah. be doing anything. <laughs> no, no. And let me tell you what, there's many days I get up in the morning and I'm like, I, I don't feel like working out, but I know number one, that's what my future self would do. Number two, after the workout, I'm going to feel really damn good. And mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I, that's what I lean into is how am I going to feel afterwards? Do you think I want to go down there and like in my basement at six o'clock in the morning and get it done? No, I don't. I don't. Right. Yeah. I know yeah. people, people often, cause I, I do love working out, but here's what I say. It's not actually the workout that I love. Like, I don't love that. What I love is the result I get from working out. Right. Like, cause people are like, oh, well it's easy. You're a trainer. You must love it. And I'm like, no, "Mm, nobody loves like getting kicking their ass, you know, like I just, but I like how I feel. It also makes me feel like, again, like we were saying at the beginning, strong and I love feeling strong. I think that that's such an addicting feeling for me, you know, is to want to like be powerful and strong and, and, and such a great example of like a new wave of femininity versus having to be like petite and dainty and quiet. And it's like, and no, there's not one thing about me. That's any of those things. No, so I wouldn't, yeah, no, none of that. Well, you know, it's so funny. This is that kind of, I think lends itself to what we were talking about before the show, which was really lean. And this is something that I'm even in my own personal life, really leaning into these days is you know, setting my goals, not based on outcomes of, or like Mm. not, not necessarily based on outcomes or tangible things, but basing my goals on, and my actions and how I conduct my everyday life on how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Right. So like for me, and I have, you know, I have a list of things I want to feel right. Like I want to feel strong every day. It makes me feel good to be able to carry in 70 grocery bags on my arms right? and not make a second trip. Cause you can't make a second trip. No, no you got to get them. No. no, nobody makes a second trip. You got to get them. Ain't all. nobody got time for that. No, anybody got time for that. So like, I love, so yeah. So I mean, me lifting heavy ass weight, like, yeah, that makes me feel strong. I love that. Right. Or we talked about you commented on my ring and I was like, yeah, I know this ring is yeah. really like sparkling gold body for like your every day. But I'm like, you know what? I look at it and it makes me feel feminine and, and and it makes me, brings me joy and I love it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that can be too, is like really we get so focused on these like outcome goals or these like tangible goals or whatever. And it's really, and those are okay, but it's really letting the, instead let them come from a place of tapping into how do you want to feel every day? Because that's a much stronger motivator. For instance, if your goal is to lose weight, well, I want to wake up every day and not feel pain when I go down the stairs. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's, that can be a powerful motivator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even I had some clients in my, in my previous life, they were on medication and that was like a big first goal is like, 
I want to reduce the amount of medication I need because of my weight, I'm having to take X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, those goals are truly, truly, like you said, the anchors, the why, the motivators that's going to keep you showing up day in and day out. So we've talked a lot about, you know, mindset and wellness and showing up and all the things, but what are two to three, like basic principle things? Cause everyone also is unique, right? We all have our own desires and goals and things that we need to do and how we would approach it. But what are two to three basic things that almost would apply to any woman listening that is ready to sort of get started in their weight loss or health journey? Oh, this is so, there's so many different places I could go with this, but I think the number, like the very first place that what, what came up for me, this is what came up just initially when you, when you talked about this is I think getting really clear on what exactly that goal is for you. Right. Mm. So we've spoken a little bit about like, um, you know, leaning into kind of like that identity of who you want to be in the future. Um, and so I think so much of the time we always think the goal is just, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. But like, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Right. And like, let's dig a little deeper because on those days, like when maybe, uh, the, the, if you're still weighing yourself by the scale, the scale isn't going the right way, or maybe you feel like your weight loss is a little bit slower. If your only like reason behind it is that like, you just want to lose the 20 pounds, you can get kind of like tunnel vision. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think the very first step, and this is where I start all of my clients is getting crystal clear on the vision. And it's, it's the vision of not just what the goal is. Let's not worry about the goal. Let's get, let's get crystal clear on like who you want to be. What, how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to feel kind of like some of the stuff we've already been talking about, right? Like getting really, really clear on that. And one of the ways to do that is to really get quiet with yourself and to start to reconnect if you've been disconnected, because most women are, um, is getting reconnected with that inner voice, um, with, with, with that intuition, with, with your, with, you know, with your soul, with yourself. Right. And, and I think that we, as women, we spend so much time outpouring. It's just our nature, right. And, and giving, 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 and then also like just hearing everybody else's voice. Um, we oftentimes can disconnect from ourselves, And so I think that that's just any, um, the very first step I think is getting very clear, getting clear on where you want, who you want to be. Um, but, and doing that is getting quiet with yourself for sure. Yeah. I love that. I knew I liked you. I'm actually (laughs) coming out with a journal next month and it's all based on goal setting and first step, exactly what you're saying, get clarity, right? Like I always say, most people use GPS to drive somewhere in a mile radius. Yes. So it's like, why? So you have clarity of where you're going. Yes. But it's like, why don't we create clarity? We just say we want these things, but like, why do you want them? How are you going to do it? Is this really what you want? Is it going to provide the lifestyle and the results? Or is it just because someone told you that 20 pounds is like where you should be going? 
Yes, you know? absolutely. I mean, what you made when you talked about the GPS, what immediately came up for me is I was like, yeah, it's like just being like, I want to go to New York. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Right. Like, or I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. Well, let's like, let's talk about this a little bit more. Let's, let's do the, like you said, kind of the, the, the step-by-step yes. um, of how we're going to get there. Um, so that, yeah, especially when it comes to weight loss so that it sticks once you lose the weight and you don't gain it back. Yeah. yeah I, love I love that. that. I also, you know, before we, you know, wrap up, I did say earlier, I want to dive into other ways that women can look at their like health profile other than the number on a scale, because I actually do know this from experience of being in the coach and fitness world, a coach in the fitness world is that when I'm like, okay, well, how else could we look at your health? They're like, uh, I don't know. And I really do believe that women don't know at least a majority. So what are some other ways that we can actually see our health other than the number on a scale? Well, I mean, I think if we're, if, I mean, if we're strictly talking like just some of the biomarkers, I mean, I can tell you that I think a lot of women don't think to focus necessarily on like like mark markers, like their A1C and their blood pressure and like cholesterol. And here's the thing. This is what I talk about leading with health. Mm -hmm. If you are focusing right on a nutrition plan that lends itself to reducing inflammation in the body, which inflammation in the body can ultimately lead to disease and, you know, you know, best definitely cut like longevity short, all of that. If we're leading with an intention of our health and vitality and longevity, you are naturally going to put yourself on a nutrition regimen that is going to result in weight loss. Like that mm -hmm. is just it. Right. So it's like, for instance, you know, the, the Mediterranean diet, it's really not a weight loss diet. It is like a reduce inflammation diet, right? It is like a heart healthy, like type of diet. But if you do the Mediterranean diet and you focus on foods again, with the attention of like reducing the inflammation in the body, you most likely are going to lose weight. You're eating yep. like really healthy food, minimizing red meat. And here's the thing too, all of these like, um, types of nutrition protocols, even if we're like, you're focusing on, you know, keeping your hormones more balanced, right? Again, leading with that intention, not necessarily with the weight loss. If you're, if your goal is to keep your, the balance of your, you know, your hormones more balanced, then that means you're going to minimize the processed and packaged foods you're going to, cause this is all part of like, you know, if you search anywhere, like, Hey, foods to help with menopause symptoms, like it's all going to tell you all of this, right? Reducing yep. the saturated fats, reducing processed and packaged foods, reducing sugars, reducing alcohol. Hey, guess what? If you reduce all of those, you're going to lose weight, yep. right? So it's like. Stop focusing on the weight loss and lead with your health or if it's a gut health, right? Again, let's say you're focusing on your gut health, which is really kind of the, the center mm -hmm. of our entire, it's our second brain. It's the center of our body's health. And if you are doing a focusing on foods, fermented foods, again, limiting the sugar, the alcohol, the processed foods, the packaged foods, you know, the, the red meat, all of that. If you're doing that to heal your gut, guess what? You're most likely going to lose weight. I promise you. Yes. 
So it's like, I think that we just need to really have a reframe on, especially as we're faced with getting older. And I think where we need to shift our mindset, you know, this whole, this whole weight loss and diet culture is very toxic and it's what's keeping a lot of our population sick. It's start looking at food as medicine and not just calories in and calories out and leading with your health. Not only will you live longer, fight off disease, be happier, uh, but you'll most likely lose weight. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. God, that was a great way to end this thing. That was so good. You're like, and this, and this, I'm like, yes, and yes. Um, all the things I so, so, so jive with that. Um, you know, it's like we were, we've talked a lot about our personal journeys and, and that was something that when I went to a holistic doctor, it was the first time that, you know, she's like, I'm going to take your blood. And I was like, my blood, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, oh. like, she's like, well, you're concerned about your weight and, um, she's like, but the scale isn't really going to tell us much. And I'll never forget when I went down this whole journey and I was like, but what do you mean? Cause at that time I was just entering into the health and fitness world. And that's what I was taught, you know, yeah. like, calories in calories out, bleh, you know? Yeah. And so when I did my blood work, I found out my hormones were really yes. off. Yes. And she was like, Oh, are you having your period? And I was like, No, I haven't had a period in like 18 months. And she's like, Well, you should have led the conversation. I with mean- that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She's like, Are yeah. you breastfeeding? I'm like, No, I could never breastfeed. She's like, Well, we definitely need to have this conversation. Yes. Like, oh, so yeah. it's something more than just what I'm eating. So you yes. mean to tell me, no matter what I'm doing, until yes. I can get some of these other things regulated. I, you know, and guess what, as soon as I started getting all of those other things regulated and your body is actually functioning yes. in, in a yes. way that it's supposed to and designed to guess what? I lost right. weight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, this is why I always tell, especially women, you know, even if you're late thirties or you're, especially if you're over 40, anytime, you know, you definitely need to be going annually, at least annually, just doing a, a general like wellness checkup, get your hormones checked. Um, and, um, I, I really, my desire is that everybody could have like a functional medicine doctor or integrative Uh practitioner on staff because it's just, um, it's a more holistic way. But if you don't have the resources for that, at least going every year and getting like your general markers done, right? Like your thyroid and like, you know, all of that. So yeah, for sure. Because you're right. Uh, You could be like slamming your head against the wall, uh, trying to lose weight. And there's other things going on that have nothing to do with your food or working out. Exactly. Ah, I love this. This was such a very like enlightening conversation. And I think that listeners are going to find so much value in all that you shared. So for those women listening that are like, I need more of her energy and like knowledge. And I want to work with her. Where can people find you? You're so sweet. You know what I am on? Um, of course I'm on Instagram and I I'm on TikTok. But I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram because what I love about Instagram is it's still got the DM feature and I'm in those Mm -hmm. DMs. And I really, one of my favorite things is just personally connecting with people. So if you send me a message on Instagram and it's just at MS Amber Shaw, so Miss Amber Shaw, um, it is absolutely me responding. I will absolutely get to you. And it's one of my favorite things about, uh, you know, coaching is just connecting with community. So send me a message and I'd love to, to chat. Awesome. And I'll also make sure I put that in the show notes so they can just easily click and connect with you. So girl, thank you so much again for your time and information and just your fabulousness. I loved having you today. 
You are so sweet. This is literally like having coffee with my, with a girlfriend and I was right all of it. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening to The Beam Life. I'd be so honored if you would take a sec to leave a review. Ready to take the next step and join the sisterhood? The Beam Life community is a place where you can just take off the mask, feel seen, and form authentic connections with other like-minded, kick-ass women. We do not do surface-level shit in that group, babe. Click on the link in the show notes or head to the Beam Life Create Your Dream Life community on Facebook. I can't wait to see you there.